Ezekiel chapter 10, verse 1. And I look, and lo, on the expanse that is above the head of the cherubs, as a sapphire stone, as the appearance of the likeness of a throne, he hath been seen over them. The Lord has returned back to his throne, that Ezekiel can see, in the sky. During the last few chapters, Ezekiel has been in an open vision. The Lord transported Ezekiel's spirit to Jerusalem, and he was seeing Jerusalem in the present tense. The Lord took his spirit a very long distance from the land of the Chaldeans, where he was living as a captive of the Chaldeans. The Lord took him in the spirit all the way to Jerusalem to see the evil things that the temple leaders were doing in the temple. In the last chapter, the Lord left his throne to give instructions to six angels who were sent there to destroy Jerusalem. And now the Lord has returned to his throne. The reason the throne is sapphire or blue is because blue represents holiness, white represents righteousness, and blue represents holiness. The essence of God's personality is holiness, and holiness is purity. It's a purity that we don't know on earth. The Lord has never sinned or done anything evil. Even though he can control evil, he himself is not evil. But all of us have sinned at some point, so none of us are holy, like God is holy. This blue sapphire throne is above a blue canopy. The canopy has four corners, and the canopy is above four wheels. Each of these wheels are alive, and they are a will within a will. So there's two parts to each will. And each will has its own living spirit. The four cherubs has four faces. The face of a lion, the face of a man, the face of an eagle, and the face of an ox. Each of the four cherubs is near each of the four wheels. So there are eight different spirits attending this throne of the Lord. And now he's returned to the throne after giving instructions to the angels. It also told us in previous chapters that the Lord looks like pure fire from the waist down. And from the waist up, the Lord looks like pure light, similar to the color of pure copper or the sun. 2. And he speaketh unto the man clothed with linen, and saith, Go in unto the midst of the wheel, unto the place of the cherub, and fill thy hand with coals of fire from beneath the cherubs, and scatter over the city, and he goeth in before mine eyes. The Lord is now telling one of the six angels, who was not a warrior angel, but he was a scribe, to go get coals of fire from the wheels of his throne. The Bible says that the Lord is a consuming fire, and that's why from the waist down he looks like fire and he has burning coals in those wills. In the book of Isaiah, the angel had put burning coals on Isaiah's lips because his lips were unclean. That's because God is holy. Everything God says is holy. But we say a lot of silly, frivolous things in our life. That's why Isaiah's lips had to be purified. Now the Lord is going to purify something else 
with these coals. While Ezekiel is watching, the angel goes to one of the wills and gets coals, and he has been told by the Lord to spread the coals throughout the city of Jerusalem. 3. And the cherubs are standing on the right side of the house at the going in of the man, and the cloud hath filled the inner court. Some people say that the Lord has a Shekinah cloud of glory, and this is not accurate. Shekinah is a pagan word. The word Shekinah is not in the Bible. It comes from paganism. But the Lord does have a white cloud of glory. It is his own glory. White means righteousness. Jesus ascended on white clouds in a blue sky, and he will return on white clouds in a blue sky the same way that he left, and that is righteousness and holiness. Now here the Lord is on a blue sapphire throne over a blue canopy, but his glory appears as a white cloud, and he fills the temple with his glory. But he is very angry with the people of Jerusalem, so this glory is not going to be to their benefit. He's going to show them his wrath because of their great sin. The verse also says that the inner court of the temple is becoming brighter because of the Lord's presence there. Ezekiel can see this, but I don't think the people around the temple can see it because all of them are entrenched in sin. And if they could have seen it, we would have read about that in the book of Jeremiah, where it was talking about the events that led up to the siege of Jerusalem. 4. And become high doth the honor of Jehovah above the cherub, over the threshold of the house, and the house is filled with a cloud, and the court hath been filled with the brightness of the honor of Jehovah. 5. And a noise of the wings of the cherubs hath been heard unto the outer court, as the voice of God, the Mighty One, in his speaking. Sometimes the Lord sounds like thunder, sometimes he sounds like many watchers. When the angels flapped their wings, it must have sounded like one of those sounds. But only Ezekiel can hear it. 6. And it cometh to pass, in his commanding the man clothed in linen, saying, Take fire from between the will, from between the cherubs, and he goeth in, and standeth near the will. The Lord is again commanding the angel to take fire from the wills. These living wills also have fire associated with them, and earlier in the book it had said that the cherubs had like a pulse of fire going up and down their bodies, so they also have fire in them. This fire is a purifying fire. The Lord is a consuming fire, and he either consumes you for the purpose of purifying your life if you are one of his children, or he consumes you in his wrath. Since these are his servants, they're being consumed in his purifying fire. In the Bible, we notice that all of the angels, except for cherubs, look like humans. From Ezekiel's perspective, this angel looks like a man. And the other five angels were also described as men, which is a really common way for angels to be described in the Bible. 7. That the one cherub putteth forth his hand from between the cherubs unto the fire that is between the cherubs, 
and lifteth up and giveth into the hands of him who is clothed with linen, and he receiveth and cometh forth. One of the cherubs takes fire from within one of the wheels and gives it to the angel that is dressed in linen, and that is the scribe angel. He's the one who in the last chapter had written the name of God on the foreheads of all of the people in Jerusalem who were following the Lord. But no human would be able to see the inscription on the foreheads. Only God and the angels can see it. 8. And there appeareth in the cherubs the form of a hand of man under their wings. This was described in the beginning of the book of Ezekiel, that all of these four cherubs also have hands like men. But I couldn't tell if it was eight hands or two hands. It says that there are hands under each wing, so that could be one hand under two wings together, because they have two sets of wings, or it could be four hands. And I assume these hands come with arms. In God's creation, everybody who has a hand also has an arm. 9. And I look, and lo, four wheels near the cherubs, one wheel near the one cherub, and another wheel near the other cherub, and the appearance of the wheels is as the color of a barrel stone. The wheels are the color of rubies. Red represents the blood of Jesus Christ, blue represents holiness, and white represents righteousness. The cloud is white, the throne and the canopy under it are blue, and the wills are red. When we get to heaven, it's going to be so amazing to see this for ourselves. And there's one cherub next to each will. 10. As to their appearances, one likeness is to them for, as it were, the will in the midst of the will. Each will looks exactly the same. The wills have eyes all around each will. And there are actually two wills per unit. There is a will inside a will. So it's definitely a smaller will inside the larger will. 11. In their going, on their four sides they go. They turn not round in their going. For to the place whither the head turneth, after it they go. They turn not round in their going. You know how car wheels turn right and left when you turn the steering wheel? Well, these wheels that are under the throne of God do not turn. They can move right and left and forward and back and up and down, but they don't turn when they move. Their position stays the same no matter where they're moving. The same is true of the four cherubs. 12. And all their flesh and their backs and their hands and their wings and the wheels are full of eyes round about. To them four are their wheels. This verse tells us that not only do the wheels have eyes all throughout them, but the cherubs also have eyes all over their bodies. The eyes are in their wings, and in their hands, and on their backs. The cherubs are also covered with eyes everywhere, because they have eyes all over them. The cherubs and the wheels never have their backs to the Lord, no matter what they do earthly kings could have a servant that's rude or negligent and forgets to keep their face toward the king. But in heaven, it's impossible for the attending servants to forget to face the king of kings. 
13. To the wills, to them is one calling in mine ears, O will. 14. And their four faces are to each, the face of the one is the face of the cherub, and the face of the second the face of man, and of the third the face of a lion, and of the fourth the face of an eagle. Somebody is calling to the wills, and I'm not sure if it's the cherubs or if it's the voice of the Lord. In Ezekiel chapter 1, it distinctly said that each cherub had four faces, but now it's distinctly saying that each cherub only has one type of face. One cherub has the face of a man, the other cherub has the face of an eagle, the other one has the face of an ox, and the other one has the face of a lion. Ezekiel didn't lie. The first time he saw them, all four cherubs had four faces. The second time he saw them, each cherub only had one different kind of face. There's different explanations for this. It could be that, as with all things, when we see visions, we don't understand totally what we're seeing. So in the first vision, it may have looked like each angel had four faces, and in the second part of his vision, when he was at the temple, then he could distinguish better that all of them had a different one of those faces. It could also be that somehow these angels did turn positions so that from Ezekiel's perspective, he could only see one of the four faces on each angel. It could also be that there is a slight translation error in one of the chapters. Ezekiel is giving us eyewitness testimony. He's also speaking from memory because he didn't write this down while it was happening. He wrote it down later. Our memories are not always 100% nor are our perspectives, because we're humans. We have to remember Ezekiel is not God. He's a human being. And also the Lord may have changed the appearance of the angels. After all, in the Bible, the Lord himself changes appearance many times. Sometimes Jesus appears as a lamb. Sometimes he appears in his glorified state in the Bible, wearing a white robe and a blue sash. Other times he appeared as an ordinary man that wasn't good looking. The Lord can change his appearance and he can change the appearance of his angels. No matter what the explanation, we could presume that each of these angels does indeed only have one face because in Revelation they're described by John the Revelator as each having one face. One has the face of a man, one has the face of the ox, the other one has a face of a lion, and the other one has the face of an eagle. John the Revelator saw these cherubs the same way that Ezekiel saw them when he was at the temple. So perhaps Ezekiel's memory was a little faulty on how he saw the angels the first time. When we get to the New Testament, there is also eyewitness testimony as throughout the entire Bible and you will see some discrepancies between how one apostle saw an event versus how another apostle saw the same event. But that doesn't mean that anybody is lying or that their perspective is wrong. Human beings have different perspectives. In the Gospels, you can piece it together like a puzzle who was having which type of perspective in a certain story. That's just normal to the human experience. 
if we want to really know how many faces these angels have, we could probably lean toward one face per angel because that's what we have in Revelation. And also, there was only one banner per tribe, and each of these faces represents one of the tribes of Israel that was surrounding the Ark of the Covenant when they were encamped. The tribe of Dan had the banner that had an eagle on it, and that was on the north side of the tabernacle. The tribe of Judah had the lion face, and it was on the east side of the tabernacle. The tribe of Reuben had the face of a man, and it was on the south side of the tabernacle. And the tribe of Ephraim had an ox representation on its banner, and it was on the west side of the tabernacle. So one face per cherub makes the most sense. 15. And the cherubs are lifted up. It is the living creature that I saw by the river Chabar. These are the same creatures that Ezekiel had seen at the beginning of his book in chapter 1, but now they're appearing slightly different to him. 16. And in the going of the cherubs, the wills go beside them, and in the cherubs lifting up their wings to be high above the earth, the wills turn not round, even they from being beside them. The cherubs and the wills always go together. All eight of them are on the four corners of this canopy that is under the Lord's throne. There's one will and one cherub per corner. 17. In their standing they stand, and in their exaltation they are exalted with them, for the living spirit is in them. Their exaltation might be when they shine bright or when the pulse of brightness goes through their bodies because Ezekiel had talked about a pulse of light in chapter 1. The reason he's describing this again is probably because it's so amazing and he had a chance to really stare at it again. It was the first thing that he had seen in the beginning of his vision, but then the Lord took him to the temple and his focus was on the temple itself and what was going on in the temple. But now his focus has turned again to the Lord's throne in the sky. So he again is talking about it. If Ezekiel talked about this a hundred times, it would make sense because every single time he looked at the Lord's throne, he would have been awestruck. 18. And go forth doth the honor of Jehovah from off the threshold of the house, and standeth over the cherubs. For a moment the glory of the Lord was in the temple, but now he removed himself from the temple again, and went back to the throne over the canopy where the cherubs and the wills are. 19. And the cherubs lift up their wings, and are lifted up from the earth before mine eyes, in their going forth. The wills also are over against them, and he standeth at the opening of the gate of the house of Jehovah, and the honor of the God of Israel is over them from above. This portable throne has moved to the eastern side of the temple where the entrance gate is. 20. It is the living creature that I saw under the God of Israel by the river Chabar, and I know that they are cherubs. Ezekiel knew that these creatures were cherubs. He also knew that he had seen these exact same creatures before by the river Chabar. That shows you that either the Lord changed their likeness or he simply couldn't see clearly the first time that he looked at them. 
but I think we can presume that he didn't see them clearly the first time that he looked at them. Or there's a slight transcription error in chapter 1 of Ezekiel. The river Chabar is where this vision began in the land of the Chaldeans, where Ezekiel is being held captive. 21. Four faces are to each, and four wings to each, and the likeness of the hands of man is under their wings. 22. As to the likeness of their faces, they are the faces that I saw by the river Chabar. Their appearances and themselves, each straightforward, they go. Ezekiel is showing us that there's consistency with the Lord and his throne. And we see this same consistency in the book of Revelation when John the Revelator sees the throne, because he sees the Lord's throne over a sapphire sea of glass. That's probably the canopy that Ezekiel was looking at here in the book of Ezekiel. John the Revelator also sees the four cherub with four distinct faces, which Ezekiel is seeing now. And in the book of Revelation, John the Revelator also sees a rainbow over the throne of God, and he does say that the Lord is bright and that his throne is sapphire-colored. The rainbow over God's throne was also mentioned in the first chapter of Ezekiel. So there is a lot of consistency with the Lord, and we can be very sure that this is what his throne looks like, and when we get to heaven, we will see it this way. And that concludes Ezekiel chapter 10.